This is show 24 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. On today's show, we are talking about the great cloth diaper change, otherwise known as the Juicy DC. Hi guys, it's your host Bailey here. If you've noticed, we have gone to an every other week kind of situation. I was publishing weekly and it was making me go crazy. I love the Cloth Diaper podcast. I find that it fills me with so much joy and love and I love sharing all the stories and I love hearing the stories, but it's a lot of work for a one woman show. So we're going to be releasing every other week going forward. Sometimes we might have three shows a month. Sometimes it might be every week. It just really will depend on my mood, what's happening, how much I can take on. And right now I'm at capacity because the Cloth Diaper podcast doesn't make me any money. It just is a money suck. Which isn't a bad thing, because sometimes you're allowed to have hobbies that fill you with joy. So today I'm recording the intro with a house full of children, because it's been like freezing cold for a couple weeks now. I don't live in Florida, where I know you guys have the air conditioning on. I live in northern British Columbia, where it's been like minus 20 or 4 degrees Fahrenheit for too long now. Circling back to today's show... Today we are talking about the GCDC. So I reached out to the GCDC, or the Great Cloth of Diaper Change, to help answer a couple really basic questions about what it is, how it is, how you can get involved. And So my guest today is Karen. Karen is a mom of four in the Calgary area. Calgary is in Alberta, British Columbia. No, Calgary is in Alberta, Canada. So it's the province next door to me. It's right above Idaho and the Dakotas, if I have my geography right. I'm not looking at a map. Um, it's also cold in Calgary. Calgary gets some crazy kinds of weather. Karen is, she's a mom. She has four kids. She just takes care of them. She does that day in, day out mom life thing. And she doesn't represent a brand or she doesn't represent an organization. She is just a passionate member of the cloth diaper community who is organizing the great cloth diaper change. And today, she's on the show to answer some of my questions about the Great Cloth Diaper Change, talk about its history, talk about where it's been, and where we're excited to take it in the months forward. And uh, I've been doing the event since the beginning. Since 2011, I've hosted an event in the area. Uh, But in 2017, the RDA closed down, or we're in the process of closing down, and uh, had to give up the event. And so uh, they were looking for an organization, hopefully, but someone to take it on. I was one of uh, a handful of past hosts that had stepped up to say, we will do whatever we can to keep it going. Um, And they approached me to completely take it over. And now I have a lovely group of mamas that help me. There's one in Mexico and one in the United States and me. We are the bulk of it, but there are multiple in the, we have a a private Facebook group. Once you are a registered host, there are multiple past hosts in there. And so we've got lots of knowledge with us, um, but no driving organization behind the thing anymore. It's just all of us volunteer mummies. What is the Great Cloth Diaper Change if nobody's ever heard of it? Okay. And today's the first time they've heard of it. Sure. I've seen this question on the internet in Facebook groups, and yes. I, I don't actually know how to answer it. <laughs> so help me out, Karen. The Great Cloth Diaper Change, it was started, I'll start kind of back at the basics. In 2011, a woman named Judy Agard, I believe that's the way you pronounce it, of the United States, she was she uh, an owner of a company called Tiny Tots Diaper Service, I believe. Um, yeah, and- they're still in business, right? Yes, Tiny Tots is still around. Judy has unfortunately passed away since, but but the group, the, the company is still functioning, yes, in the States. Okay. And they had, they had 
decided that like for their community, whether it was Tiny Tots community or the cloth typing community in their town, they were going to put on an event around Earth Day. They sort of chose Earth Day as their as their as their um, time of year, and, and just kind of get together and celebrate cloth diapering. Try and get some info out there to people who didn't cloth diaper yet, um, and, and just make it kind of like a family event. Yes, celebrating Earth Day, but promoting cloth diapering. And then as kind of they talked to some of their suppliers and and a, a little bit more of their network. Um, it started to spread a bit that they were doing something around Earth Day. And then a couple of the mums, Judy included, decided that maybe they would get in touch with Guinness and see what they could do about possibly setting a world record, knowing that that type of an event would then hopefully get more news coverage or something like that. And mm -hmm. then, of course, it would, of course, achieve their goal of getting more information out to the general public. And so that's how that started. It was, it kind of really snowballed out of control really quickly in that first year. By April 2011, they had set up the Great Cloth Diaper Change. We had been in contact with Guinness and they had set up some rules and we were off to the races. And so it started as like just this small, tiny little group of people wanting to get together to uh, support cloth diapering and try and spread the ruin in their local area. But all of a sudden, by April, when they finally set up the date and chose the time, five countries were included and over 5,000 people participated crazy yeah it really it was quite amazing so that's where it starts and of course now we're into our ninth year and there's plenty of changes throughout the nutshell that's where the great cloth diaper changes an event to promote cloth diapering and to try and get others to try it and to learn about it and to and to see the benefits in it yeah and bring bring people together right that's kind of what exactly. i see so you're bringing together bring an opportunity to bring together the community correct yeah yeah, yeah. find other moms oh yeah parents parents in your neighbor neighborhood if there's new moms they want as much information as they can yes uh, again to find new moms in your neighborhood anything like that you can either bring them into it or get more information from them it's a good way of sharing that knowledge yes i've had um this is like this is gonna be my 24th show and one of the things that a lot of my guests have talked about is that finding local community that tangible community has been so helpful so i can see this event being so helpful for new moms and older moms who just need like you just crave meeting people. You do, for sure. Yeah. Especially if, if you are one of the moms that, like me, for instance, that was your stay-at-home mom and you're doing this. And uh, I will say what I, I had my first son in late 2007. And I, I was naive to, I knew I was going to cloth diaper. My parents cloth diapered me. And, and I just assumed there were options out there. And, and don't get me wrong, there were. But it was harder to find back then. Like, I sound so old when I say that. <laughs> But really, it was way more difficult than it is now. Now they're, again, they're already becoming a little bit more mainstream, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. and, and it is easier to get that information out to people. But I'm telling you, uh, I was the first in my immediate family to have the grandchild. And so I remember checking in with my mom and she had just made her own because it was the 70s. And I thought, well, I could do that. And I, I knew I wasn't going to do rubber pants. I had looked into it enough to knew that there were new fancy covers with Velcro and stuff. But I was still, it was daunting because there was nobody in my inner circle, my cousins, my friends that had, had they all just went disposables, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, another pro nor con but i couldn't get any information and so yes when you can get that circle and, and and people with more information 
and then you feel that support, you're also a little bit more willing to just go for it or to try something new or mm -hmm. not give up. So this year, the GCDC is going to look very different, right, than past years? There's a lot of changes. And, and yeah. what we've done is, so in 2011, we set a Guinness World Record. It was for the most people changing cloth diapers simultaneously. And by that, I mean, it, they set a time. It was 9.30 Pacific and then 10.30 Mountain and 12.30 in the Eastern Time Zone. And that meant in Europe, they were in the evening and late at night. And in some cases, in 2011 and 2012, our participants participated at 2 a.m., like in the middle of the night. It was quite insane. So in 2011, we set that record for 5,026. And in 2012, we broke that record with 8,251. Awesome. Awesome. In 2013, to be more inclusive, we kind of went, we talked to them about what we could do. And they had a record called um, an event. It's called What Happens in 24 Hours. And then it just pertains to whoever. So in 2013, we set a new record for most people changing cloth diapers in 24 hours at the same time. And so they set a time for us, which I believe was 10.30 a.m. And everybody did the change at 10.30 a.m. in their time zone. So it started in Australia, obviously, and then mm -hmm. worked its way through Europe and, and Africa and over here to the Americas. And everybody just started their event, boom, at 10.30. And then that record was set, and that's what we broke in 2014. Our standing record is 8,459 changes at the same time in a 24-hour period. However, since, Guinness has retired that record. And so we can no longer break it. I guess on one hand, the good point is, is it stands. It will never mm -hmm. go away. Yeah, they've retired that record, so we can no longer challenge it. And so now what the GCDC is, is that's why it's become more of a community event. We just, we still try to check and, uh, pardon me, and challenge that record. We want to try and get as many people out as possible. But we, we can now maneuver a little bit. With Guinness, we had a bunch of requirements that we needed to have. Uh, 25 cha uh, changing pairs per location in order to qualify. Um, the adults had to be 18 plus the changers and uh, the children had to be 39 inches or smaller. They of course just have to set some parameters so that you have a goal to do whatever. But that didn't always work. We had of course multiple events where there were some teen moms or or the baby like my kids were huge man. They came yeah. out to 21 inches. So <laughs> like I'm thinking 39 inches my kid was yeah. tall at 18 months. So. Exactly. No exactly. Like for some people so of course you felt kind of bad because we would allow them to change their kids and then we just kept a, a running total of unofficial totals too. That's another thing I can add is that in 2014 when we set our record we also had it was over 10,000 people actually. It was 10,029 I believe is the number. It is the largest uh, gathering we've ever had to date. Even though the record stands at 8,459, that means that those locations counted, made their 25, everybody was 18, every baby was 39 inches or smaller. We still happen to have another couple thousand people participate with us. They just had larger babies, or it was teen moms, or it was events 25 pairs or less. Yeah, like I don't think I could get 25 people together. In no, exactly. And you never know, in the smaller towns, smaller communities, they still, of course, want to participate, but they might not have yeah, 25 babies to change. So it was kind of uh, a good and a bad thing that we lost Guinness because now we could focus more on being more inclusive. Bit by bit, each year it's changed a little bit. Each group, we let them try and be as, um, uh, as inclusive as they want to be, if that makes sense. You could either follow the, the, the uh, rules that we had set up or you could do your own thing and let us know what you've done sort of thing. But what changes in 2018 is it becomes a two-day event. One of the things that we found, um, of course, from different regions all over the world, um, South America and, and, and stuff like that, 
is Saturday isn't a great day for them. They still work on Saturday and some of them have religious commitments on Saturday and stuff like that. Mm, and so interesting. Yeah. Of course, never having known that everybody chooses yeah. Saturday here because it's a weekend and we're all available, but it, lots of people still work there. And we chose a weekend and we may expand it again someday if this works well, but we, we kind of always go back to our people. After the GCDC every year, there's a, a questionnaire that we send out and we just kind of get the feedback from everyone so that it's sort of a grand, a very democracy, <laughs> democracy at its best. So we find out what people think. And so this year it's two days, it's April 27th and April 28th you can choose either day or you could do both and they we also are allowing them to choose their time again with Guinness we had a set time in the morning but of course again in the hotter parts of the world they don't want to be um, a lot of them will choose to be outside of course because they can and it's free and stuff like that but of course it's already 35 degrees or something wherever they are and so they wanted evening events or early morning events and so now you get to choose your time. Everybody will do a simultaneous change at their specific event, but they get to choose which day that works better for them. They get to choose which time works better for them. So we're hoping that can help make it more inclusive as well. And it will bring more people to events. Because of course, sadly, over the years, there are people that have missed events because again, their kid wasn't large enough or small enough, or they weren't old enough, or it was in the morning and they couldn't make it or what have you. So I'm really looking forward to your change just because uh, trying to get a hall rental on a Saturday at 10. Yes. Like yes. impossible. I'm happy that you're from Canada because then you'll understand this. But the first few years locally here, I actually set up our event in Canmore. And, and even in Canmore, starting it, April is already the start of wedding season. Like I was competing with so many things, it was kind of ridiculous. And I had- And so it's winter, it's still winter. There's gonna be snow on the ground. Please. So I have to do it inside. In the Southern states, they would say to me, oh, it's all good, just plan for a park outside. I'm like, are you crazy? Five feet of snow. So they, they, they had to learn with me that um, we can't just do that. I will say this, it's kind of funny. One year we had crap weather. That was 2014, my last one in Canmore. But in 2011, it was, 22 degrees yeah it's hit or miss right like yeah. i can't i can't plan it either way because it could be three feet of snow or it could be if i wanted to, so i haven't i haven't looked at it but i've been thinking about it if i wanted to host an event anybody can host an event right that is true yeah i don't have to have any type of qualification heavens no no, I, again, and I know it's daunting to some people because, of course, they see the pictures, they hear about the other events. Large or small, we count them all. That's hard to say. Again, not being connected to Guinness, all of the events will count. Uh, you do have to be registered, I will say that, because, of course, okay. moms, we need to have a registration so that we know to contact you, so that we know that we can add your number. So we want everybody to participate with us, but you can have a private event, you know, at a park someplace or in your in your day home if you run one and stuff like that it can be more like a play date and you're just hanging out and then you have a simultaneous cloth diaper change and you just get that information to us you will still need to uh, follow the basic rules that we, we need a before picture we need an after picture and we need one witness statement so that you know not so that we we're sure that they're all very truthful <laughs> but we can't just take your word for it we need somebody to uh, corroborate your evidence and so we, we just need one witness statement for events that are 25 pairs or less and then two for 25 and over 
26 and over, I guess I should say. Anyone can register. Of course, if you've got a cloth company, if you've got something like that, if you're running a small business, it's great marketing for your business. It's kind of cool to get, like the woman did in 2011, bring your community in, get more information about it out to other people that don't know. But there are also, of course, like I said, those people like me, crazy enough to hold the larger events and the hall and invite the world. And then it's just a little bit more mayhem. I heavily rely on my lovely businesses that are in and around the Calgary area. We are lucky enough to have four or five active cloth diapering companies and businesses here and uh, they support me every year, thank God, because if not, I don't know A, where I'd get the money, but B, where I'd get the people and it really yeah. helps. Their promotion of the event is great. Calgary but, has a pretty, you guys have a pretty hop in. We do. GCDC from what I took off quite well just with that. Yeah. <laughs> But That's awesome. Really, And it, it's a really supportive group. I'm very thankful and very lucky. If someone is planning to attend their very first GCDC this year, yeah. what, should they, what should they know or expect? What would you tell somebody to help them well, maybe bridge their anxieties about showing up? Uh, okay. Well, uh, again, um, I guess the main thing is you need to stay informed somehow. If you have an event in your area that you're going to be going to, you just kind of need to follow along, whether they have an event page on Facebook or an Eventbrite thing, or if they have an email address, if it's a company on a, on a website or something, because each event is similar in that they're going to do a simultaneous cloth diaper change, yes, but each event also differs in size, like I said. Um, so mm -hmm. can, if it is just at a day home and you're quite comfortable with the people you're about to see, you're probably not going to be that intimidated by it. But yes, the larger events where you're going, there might be vendors there, there might be speakers. We have um, a Cloth 101 class at ours so that people can come and learn even more if they want to. We'll have a car seat technician, stuff like that. And so if you just keep in touch with your local event, once most of them want a form of pre-registration just so they kind of know the numbers that they're dealing with of course you can check on our website like i said there's always a list on there of the upcoming ones but if you get in touch with your people then you can find out kind of locally what to expect at each area because of course i can't really tell you what yeah. to in the in the german location or the finnish location just you know but if you and i'm going to assume like you know you probably know a few of these hosts that if somebody was to just like reach out and email them or call them or whatever, they would totally be okay with that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, These are friendly people, right? We're just yeah, gonna, I, I I'm gonna will. say. I mean, if, if it's a closed event, they'll let you know, and there might still be something more in your area. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause of course there will be a little bit of that. Uh, we don't publish the private location. The people who are having the smaller events, if they don't want theirs listed on their area, cause it's just going to be, for instance, their day home families then we don't put that on the website because of course okay. I don't need people pulling up to their house at 10 in the morning like, hey, let's do, we make sure to keep those ones private for them. But anybody, anything that's on the website, that's of course open and available to anyone that's in that area. Cool. And again, if you, if you go on the website and you happen to see that there's nothing in your area, First, I tell people to be patient because it is still early. The event is, isn't until the end of April. And so every day I'm adding new events all the time. It's happening, but you could be the person that sets up the event in your area. Again, it doesn't need to be massive. It could just be something small in your home. So if you don't have one in your area and you, that's actually how it started for me in 2011 is I was patiently waiting because we do, like I say, have quite the little network here in Calgary and I kept thinking is this going to happen? And then I emailed one of them and she didn't have time. And the other person was nine months pregnant. And I thought, okay, I can do this. That's something I can do. I can, I can set this up. <laughs> sometimes uh, that's exactly it. If there's yeah. something missing that you want, yeah, sometimes you, you just have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And it worked, it worked well here. Again, thankful for the support that. But well, and I was thinking like, this is, if I do it, if I finally commit my fear of meeting new people and I do this, that I would just keep it small 
yeah. busy in my home for the yeah. first year. Connect. Because I don't really feel like I know a lot of other cloth diaper moms. That's true. See yeah. who shows up this year and see if but we can plan something awesome next year. That's definitely daunting because, of course, you just want to put that information out there and see. You might be surprised, though, because I remember thinking. That's true. When I was starting in Canmore, though, that's kind of a crunchy place, but <laughs> because all of a sudden I realized, oh, it's Easter weekend and we're going to be in Canmore. So I guess that's where I'll set it up. And I wonder if anyone out there does this. I also wondered if people would come, if that makes sense. Um, and it blew my mind. We did it in Canmore from 2011 to 2015. And every year it was around 70% that came from Calgary. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's a lovely drive and it's a great place to go. So whether, you know, permitting, it wasn't really an issue, but every year I was like, oh my God, I hope people can, 70% would come from Calgary. And I think, holy cow. And um, yeah, it was, yeah. Cool. but then you do start to build that community. I know it's funny because I'm sure this is the same with people all over the world. It can't just be me, but I have this cloth diaper community online and I never meet them because, of course, you're at home doing your thing and they're at their home doing their thing. And then once in a while you go to these events and, oh, my gosh, that's who you are. And you put a face to a name and it's awesome. And then and then those types of relationships build and it's great. So <laughs> I did go onto the website last week. I haven't checked this week, but I saw there were a ton of international events. Yes. That yeah. blows my mind. Like, I know. It's, like, it's yeah. Last year was a little bit of a blip. Again, last year was the year that the RDA closed. And so it kind of... Went, a hiccup. Yes, there was a bit of a hiccup. We still had tons of events. Don't get me wrong. We ended up with 120, but we started like a month, six weeks later than we usually do. It took me a long time to get all the information from them, get the website up and running. And so it, I think actually last year was pretty good. Completely. <laughs> I can't quite believe how we managed. However, this year uh, we opened, so we opened registration the first Monday after the new year, but we have 155 registered locations right now. It's in 12 different countries already. We yeah. have full months that people can continue to register and, and, and I'm hoping for more because uh, we managed, I believe it was 11 countries last year, our highest total of countries. We, we kind of hovered around 18, 19, uh, the years that we were making the records. We've had as many as 19 countries. Oh, wow. So what's the last day you can register? April 15th. Okay. We, we, we always set like the middle of April and, and I, what I try not to do is um, that's not a hard close. Again, for years past, we always needed to have a hard close so that we had the numbers that we needed to get to Guinness ahead of time to follow up on things and what have you. So just try um, to get your act together by April 15th. Exactly, kind of. People can easily email me post April 15th, if they're, especially if they're setting up like a small indoor intimate one right mm -hmm. of course you can contact us and we will add you to the list i say april 15th because the reason we try to do that is because we do have some of the larger events even some of the smaller events if you will that try to contact their local media get that word out and we want to be able to give them that kind of information the numbers of registered events who's coming but i can always get that of information to people and just let them know that it's ever changing and it okay. really podcasting is fairly international i actually have quite a bit of international listener oh, if you guys are looking don't worry this is isn't just Canada and this just isn't the US. Go oh, take a look. I saw a ton in Mexico. I saw a ton in India and yeah. a couple. Yeah, India came on last year because I was following an Indian um, bump up. I want to say bump down. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that's one of the brands. Yeah. And, and I just started contacting them because, of course, I knew my numbers were low, but I thought, you know what, we've never brought them on. I brought them on last year, and there are there's a dozen online already, but there has to be five or six more in the waiting. Um, again, I have registered locations. As I've said, there's 155. Obviously, there aren't 155 on the website yet because everybody has to find their location and then send me that information. Yeah. Before post. And so that's sort of that weird bitch. But yes, we have dozens now of Indian uh, locations, and 
Mexico has imploded too. Yes. Like mm -hmm. there must be 50 honest to gosh, they're, they're crazy, but, but <laughs> they're so excited. There's yeah. multiple, because of course they have massive cities, right? They have some cities that are five, 6 million people. So they'll have three or four in, in each city too, which is awesome because then people can kind of choose time and date for themselves too. Oh, I can't make it to the morning one, but I'll go to tomorrow's. It's at two. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. amazing. Totally. I sometimes get caught up in this idea that like cloth diapering is only here in Canada, but it's yeah. so international. Yeah. And there's one in Japan and, and we've had Korea before and yeah. So it really is, it's international of course. Um, uh, and they, they kind of might do it differently, but, but, but it's all in the same idea. If that Cause you just need to have a baby and a cloth yeah. diaper. Well, there you go. Like right? if you want to be a participant, that's all we say is we, okay. we need to have it cause there's no longer any restrictions on height or weight or size or age. A diapering um, child. Yes. We need to have a child that is in a diaper. It doesn't even need to be a cloth diaper cause we oh. Everyone. If you are regularly a disposable mom but want to try cloth diapering or come and learn or just be part of the event, you can borrow from a friend or some quite often the events have loaner diapers um, and you can just come and participate to be part of it, to learn about it, to be there. And, and, and that's completely fine. So you just need a child in diapers but doesn't need to be cloth diapers. Um, as long as they're oh. taken into a cloth diaper that day, then they qualify. Awesome. And so that's the main thing. Um, Learning, education, yeah. Bringing together community. Yep. Beautiful. Today, yeah. is there anything else that you feel that people should know about the GCDC? Um, well, the great cloth diaper change. I guess I think you've covered a lot of topics. I, think have. I guess if you need information, we have a oh, website, yeah. of course, and it is the gcdc.weebly.com. Okay. And I realize it's kind of lame, but I mean, it's free, so we take it. Oh, the gcdc.weebly.com. The gcdc. Yeah. Okay. But again, if you search Great Cloth Diaper Change, you will find it on Facebook and the link is there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Not that we do all that much, but there is an element of following us during the event. Um, April, as we're leading up to it, we have an Instagram um, daily photo thing that we do. Okay. Ramp it up before the day's yeah. event, because of course it's not till the end of the month this year. Some years it's the first week, next this year it's the last week. So um, we have lots of photos that we'll be taking, promoting the event, and and just again celebrating class, celebrating our families. Uh, we talk about accessories that you use and while class diapering and anything that tips and trades and stuff, mm -hmm. we'll, and things like that. And so yeah, just trying to get people talking about it more. Um, and it's it really is inclusive. Again, we we. Uh, we want to include all sorts of families. Anyone that has a child in a diaper, you're welcome to come. And again, regardless of if you use cloth or not, I mean, seriously, that's not an issue. We want to explain to people that disposables everybody uses them at some time you know you might want to just cloth at home because you feel more comfortable there uh, especially if you're a working parent and your uh, day home or provider doesn't cover because not everybody takes cloth right but if you want to do it part-time we're completely wel uh, welcoming of that yeah. we want people to know that anytime you use cloth obviously that's one less disposable going into a landfill and so that's why we're trying to promote the event as widely as we are because of course you know uh, it's 2019. We really, really, really need to get on it. <laughs> cloth diapering looks different for every family. It's, it you get all sorts of variations and stories. Why is this still a passion for you? Like, why are you still doing this? I guess uh, because it, uh, this is a, it's an odd thing to say. It needs to be done. I mean, I know that sounds kind of okay. cheap. So I started in cloth diapering and I told you I didn't have much of a, a group around me and it took me a long time to get comfortable and to find the information. And so I love being that source of information for people. First of all, I like being the one that can explain it to them, trying out new things. And again, 
I'm hardly, I always say this, because I also run a cloth diaper loan program here in Alberta, and I am far from an expert. Um, I, I don't express, expect to know everything. And of course, every day there's something new. Oh, yeah. Um, and the girls are just out. I mean, we did, they were in the GCDC here last year. Okay, so you're not, you're not that far out. No, we just no, no. in May. Um, and so now, you just find this, this is just kind of like your little calling. This is how yes. you've been asked to step up in your community. It kind of feels yeah. that way because again, uh, there was a lot of pushback from friends and family when I started. Oh, they're too expensive or you're not going to like it. And I thought, yeah, I haven't even tried, like, that's not a reason to not try. And no. so I remember trying and thinking, this isn't that hard. And I know some people, I guess that's a weird way of putting it, but yeah, I, I guess this is a passion. Exactly. Yep. Like that's, oh, and mom. that's, you know what? That's fine. I feel like, like my kids are kind of like out of diapers. My mom's keep going, well, what are you going to do Bailey when they finish? And it's like, well, sometimes it's okay to just have a calling, even if it's something you're not actively doing. Like oh, sure. people yeah. still need to be leaders in the community. That's true. And yeah. in fact, in a weird, like, can I just say, like this year, um, doing my local event, let alone the fact that I've now taken on the whole GCDC, but <laughs> creating my own local event, it's it's intriguing to be able to do it without having to do the change. And it just, it really doesn't add, but it is an extra element that at the day of the event, I'm the one doing the countdown and doing whatever. And then I race off the stage, get down into the pit and I change my kid's diaper and then back up. The, they're just going to be there. They're going to be there to support mommy and the event. And they're always there. And they're always really good. My older kids have been doing that for a couple of years now, obviously, but yeah, it's, it's very of, similar to like a breastfeeding challenge. I've been to a couple of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah same idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I have learned so much and I can't wait to share this with everybody who listens to my show. Thanks for taking the time. Karen just sent me an email that there's 178 pre-registered events in 14 countries for the GCDC, so there's a good chance there might be a great cloth diaper change near you. This would be a great event to bring any skeptic sister-in-laws, sisters, friends to, because there's something about being able to touch and feel and see a cloth diaper get changed that can really make a huge impact on someone's perception of cloth diapering, because for the last 40 years... Disposable diapering manufacturers have done an amazing job of convincing us to go disposable and ditch cloth. And there's definitely a lot of myths floating around in the community and a strong opposition to even consider cloth diapering. But it's, it is easy and it is hard. But at the end of the day, those of us who cloth diaper, we wouldn't do it any other way. Well, maybe we would. Maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody. So wherever you're listening today, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Subscriptions are important. They let people who want to work with me know that there are people who listen. And I definitely have been turned down by a few brands who didn't think I was big enough. So let's make every subscription matter because this is a great show. I thoroughly enjoy bringing on all sorts of guests. And if you are listening and you want to be a guest, hit me up. Bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com. All you really need is a stable internet connection and some sort of audio input device, and you're good. Usually chats last about 40 minutes, and they get edited down to this 30-minute show. We can chat about whatever topic you're passionate about. You can talk about your brand, your business, your story, whether or not you disagree or agree with something that I've said. Let's bring a wide array of opinions and diversity back to cloth diapering, because... 
cloth diapering is is just that. It's about a spectrum of experiences. You can follow the Cloth Diaper Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and I think that's about it. We also do have an email newsletter, but I'm struggling to get that going. MailChimp and I are not getting along for some reason. And the show notes for today's show, as always, available at clothdiverpodcast.com. Until next time, bye guys.